Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit is fed, where my faith grows stronger, and where I learn how to be an overcomer. It is God's will, it is God's plan that we overcome, not be overcome, that we not be victims, but victorious ones. The scripture said, uh, those that are born of God overcome the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. So we have a part in our victory, in our our triumphs. It's not just all up to God. There's a, a, a manward side. There's a human side. And so that's the part we need to work on. You can be sure God will do his part and he'll get his part right. You don't have to be concerned about God's part. It's our part that we need to focus on. And our part, a big part of that is faith. Get your Bible, get something to make a note with. Come on into the classroom with us. And let's believe God today for answers for now. Lord, all of us agree together as touching this, asking you for the anointing, asking you for the utterance, asking you for the direction and the help for right now. And uh, you know where everyone is at, and you know the next steps that are needed, and we ask for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you look please in the scriptures at uh, 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter. For some weeks now, we've been on this uh, series that we're calling Overcoming Unbelief. And in 1 Corinthians 10, beginning in verse 1, he says, Brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through the sea. They were all baptized to Moses in the cloud in the sea. They did all eat the same spiritual food and did all drink the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them. The margin says went with them. And that rock was Christ. But with many of them, God was not well pleased for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now he's referring to the first generation of Israelites that God delivered out of slavery, out of Egypt. And his plan was to bring them into Canaan land, the promised land, the land that flowed with milk and honey. But the first generation never got there, with the exception of Joshua and Caleb, the only two out of hundreds of thousands. And so in the New Testament now, he's writing, he's, he's talking to us about them. Why? Why talk to us today about something that happened so long ago with them? Because it applies. It applies directly. Read the verse again. He said, uh, 
uh, with many of them God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now we saw previously in Hebrews eleven six, without faith it is impossible to please him. So when we read that God wasn't pleased with them, we know there was an absence of faith, a lack of faith. And, and what we find as we continue reading is it was unbelief. The, just like faith pleases God, unbelief displeases him. And it goes on to say, verse 6, Now these things were our examples to the intent we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. He's, he's telling us that what happened to them is an example to us. And you'll see in the scriptures examples to follow, like Jesus, of course, and then examples not to duplicate, not to follow, like what he's talking about here. You know, there is something better than learning from your own mistakes. It's learning from somebody else's mistakes. Don't you think so? Yeah. Yeah. See what happened. See where they went wrong and make good notes and go, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to repeat that. And that's what he's saying. He said, now, um, don't be idolaters. Don't commit fornication. Don't tempt Christ. Verse 10, neither murmur ye as some of them murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. And what we've already begun to see, there are 10 uh, individual distinct events, accounts, where these folks failed to believe God. And we see in, in almost every one of them this thing called murmuring. Murmuring. And it's, it's emphasized and it's a big part of what displeased the Lord. In fact, one of the scriptures says the people complained and it displeased the Lord. And so here it says, don't murmur as some of them murmured and they were destroyed of the destroyer. Could murmuring get you destroyed? Is it that serious? I mean, does, does murmuring actually open the door to the destroyer? Does it give access to be destroyed? You'll see that it does and that it matters what comes out of our mouth. It matters so much. Most people don't believe it. You can tell they don't believe it by the way they talk. If you really believed that everything that came out of your mouth <laughs> was going to happen to you, you'd watch what you said. Right? And the scripture says, life and death is in the power of the tongue. It is written. And so when he, when he cautions us and he says, uh, don't murmur like they did. Why? Well, he said, you don't want to happen to you what happened to them. What happened to them? They murmured and got destroyed. And what you'll find is the thing they kept murmuring over and over and over again. One of the big ones is we're all going to die out here in the wilderness. And like we were talking about last week, where'd they get that? Why did they want to keep saying that? The enemy was pushing them to say that. He brought those thoughts 
to their mind. He brought those very words to them. And you'll find a lot of times before somebody actually blurts something out or, or, or you know, says it with, with strong feeling, it's because it's been working in their mind for a while. And so this thing of we're going to die out here, we're going to die out here, we're going to die out here. And then the next thing, they open their mouth, what do they say? We're all going to die out here. What happened to them? They all died out there. Exactly what they were saying. Is that a coincidence? That exactly what they have been saying over and over is what happened to them? It's not a coincidence. It is spiritual law. Whatever we say, especially what we, what we say with conviction and repeatedly, that's what you believe, be it good or bad. And the scripture said, you know, that uh, every idle word we'll have to give an account for, and by our words we'll be justified, by our words we will be judged or condemned. So it matters. A whole lot. And one of the subtlety and tricks of the enemy is he, he's convinced most people that it really doesn't matter what you say. No big deal. Just talk on. Just blurt out anything you want to say. And there's a common phrase you'll hear that people tag on to stuff. They go, I'm, I'm just saying. Which means what? Oh, no big deal. Don't pay attention to it. I'm just talking. Well, that's not okay. Spiritual laws are involved. And the good news is, when you learn this, instead of giving the enemy something to work with, you can actually shut the door to the enemy working in your life, and you can begin to say things that the Holy Spirit can work with. Say things, you know, the word confession means to say the same thing. Same as what? Same as what God has said about you. If he says that you are the righteousness of God in Christ because of what Jesus has done, you don't say, I'm a poor excuse for a Christian. Seems like I mess up everything I do. I just can't get it together. He never told you to say that. He never said that about you. So your words can actually wind up being stout against him. And people say, yeah, but I feel that way. Yeah, but feelings don't make truth. And feelings are not more important than what God said. You can live by your feelings or you can live by your faith. And if you're smart, help me out, class, which one? Which one? <laughs> Say over yourself what he has said about you. Hallelujah. And uh, you will find that he, whatever, if you'll say what he said, he will do what you said. You're repeating his words. He'll confirm his word coming out of your mouth because he is the apostle and high priest of our confession. Hallelujah. Said it, said out loud, uh, Father God, Father God set, a watch set a watch at the door of my mouth, of my mouth and, alert me and alert me as to things I should not say. And show me what to say in every situation. The words you can confirm. The words you will work with. Your words in my mouth. Thank you for it. Amen. Uh, he said, verse 10, don't murmur as some of them murmured.
and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now all these things happen to them for examples, and they're written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. Is he saying we need to learn from what happened to them? Repeatedly. We also saw this in the book of Hebrews uh, the, in earlier studies. This, this is repeated in the New Testament. The Old Testament is continually referred to in the New Testament. And it's not just for historical. It is because even though our covenant has changed, our access to God has changed. We're not righteous today because of what we do or uh, keeping the law. But that doesn't change the fact that God's exactly like He was in the Old Testament. He's not changed. Faith has not changed. Unbelief has not changed. Right and wrong has not changed. Good and evil has not changed. All those things are still exactly true and right that you read in the Word in the Old Testament. So uh, let's go back to Exodus, the 16th chapter, and continue our study. If the, if the New Testament says we should know about this, we should be aware of this, then let's, uh, let's get more familiar with it. Let's see what happened. Like we said, by the time you get to Numbers 14, there have been, beginning here in Exodus uh, 14 or so, there have been 10 major uh, instances where the people failed to trust God and made the wrong choice. And as we've said numerous times before, faith is a choice and fear is a choice. Most people don't believe that. People think, you know, if feelings of fear and thoughts hit you and grip you, then, you know, you're afraid you didn't choose it. It's not your fault. But that's simply not true. Just because symptoms of fear hit you doesn't mean you've lost the battle. It means you're in a battle. Everybody awake? Hold your place here and look at John the 14th chapter, John chapter 14, he said in verse 1, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Did you hear what Jesus said? Don't let your heart be troubled. Now, a lot of people today would tell him, I can't help it. You know, I'm upset. It just hit me. I didn't plan on it. I didn't mean for it to be. What would the Lord say? Okay, forget what I said. I know sometimes it's just too much. No. No. He reveals the truth here. Use the understood subject. What he's saying, you don't allow your heart to be troubled. Is that true? that I have the ability to not let my heart be troubled? Is that true? Look at the verse 27 in the same chapter. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world give I unto you. And he says it again. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. We must stop living 
by feelings. And thinking feelings are, have the final say, or that feelings dictate to us what's going on with us, who we are, what we are. No. Feelings are fickle. They come, they go. They change. We, and if we're feeling governed, we'll be so unstable. We'll be up. We'll be down. We won't be consistent. And we'll be easily manipulated. Whatever feeling you have, that's the way you're going. No, say it out loud. Don't let your heart be troubled. Don't let it be afraid. Does that mean I can stop and prevent my heart from being afraid? Is that true? It's the words of Jesus. Right? Does he know what he's talking about? Hmm? That's, I'm looking in the camera. Huh? How many think, I'm going, show, I'm going to show a hands on this now. How many think Jesus knows what he's talking about? So it is true. If I get afraid, I didn't have to get that way. I let myself get that way. If my heart gets all troubled, and upset and panicky. I didn't have to get that way. I let myself get that way. And the reason being is even though I can't control everything around me, I can control what's going on inside me. Hmm? Even though I can't control everything that's going around in the world and in people around me, and there's a lot of stuff going on, I can control, by the help and grace of God, I can control my reaction to it, my response to it. And uh, the way I do that is by what I focus on. I can focus on the problem. I can focus on the thing that's causing me to be afraid, and I'll stay afraid, and it'll get worse. Or I can look away from that. I can focus on something else. I can think about what God told me. Is that right? How he's come through for me already 10,000 times. Right? I can focus on that. And to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Didn't he talk about peace right here? My peace I give you. You can't find this in the world, he said. It's not like the world gives. You can't find this peace in a pill or a bottle, or success, or money, or anything down here in this world. You can't find it anywhere. Only one place from God himself. It is the peace of God. And the scripture said in Isaiah, Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. That's how I keep my heart from being troubled. That's how I keep myself from being afraid is the moment I see something is ministering fear to me, I have to say, "Uh uh-uh, no, 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 no. I cannot focus on that. I can't talk about it. I can't listen to it. I can't think about it. I've got to get my mind on him. My mind stayed on him, who he is, who he is to me, how much he cares about me, what he has said he would do for me. And when I meditate on that, strength will come into me. Hallelujah. 
and the fear won't be able to control me. Say it out loud. Fear is a choice. Faith is a choice. And you might as well go ahead and say, I choose to believe. <laughs> and when I say believe, I'm not just talking about believe anything and everything. Believe God. Believe Him. You shouldn't blindly trust people. And you certainly shouldn't trust people you don't know. That's just being foolish. It's not being Christian. Uh, love and trust are not the same things. Uh, you can love people, but also realize you can't trust them. Because <laughs> they lie to you. It's not the same thing. But with God, you can absolutely trust completely everything he says to you. Whether you have an inkling or understanding of it at all, he's never lied. He never will. He's never failed. He can't. Say it out loud again. I trust, I trust my, God my God with all my heart. All my heart. Hallelujah. Go back with me to uh, Exodus then. Exodus, the, um, the 16th chapter, we said we had noticed in Exodus uh, 14 at the, um, the first uh, event of their unbelief when Pharaoh's army was coming against them. They were caught between him and the Red Sea. And they all cried out. In fact, let's, just, let's read it again. Verse 10, 14, 10. When Pharaoh drew near, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. They were sore afraid, and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Now, if you were in that situation, would you have felt fear? Yeah, you would. No matter what you know, you'd have felt it. I mean, you feel, you feel the ground trembling, and, and them coming to you with all that mass of Chariots and horses and soldiers and knowing that they're intent on wiping you out, you'd feel it. But again, feeling's not the end. You then got a choice to make. Am I going to just yield to this fear or am I going to resist it? There are times, uh, child of God, that you need to speak right out, right out loud. There are times you need to say, fear, I resist you. Fear, leave me. You need to say it. And you need to do it. Because uh, the Bible talks about the spirit of fear. Fear is not just mental. It's not just emotional. It's a spiritual force. And the Bible talks about the spirit of faith as well. It's a spiritual force. These things are beyond reasoning. That's why a lot of fears are absolutely illogical. They're, they're totally unjustifiable, they're unreasonable. They don't have to be reasonable to be real. They're, they're spiritual forces. But what people don't understand is that you don't just yield to it. And they did on this occasion, they just yielded to it. They just went into full-blown panic. And verse 11, they said to Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, you brought us away to die in the wilderness? Why have you dealt with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Now, they were happy about it, you know, uh, when they were left Egypt with money in their pockets and their bodies healed and 
first time in their life they're free people instead of slaves. They're pretty happy about it not, not long ago. But now when the pressure's on, they blame Moses and they blame God. These are characteristics of this unbelief that displeases God. And again, it's a choice. It's a simple choice. Am I going to do this? Am I going to do that? Am I going to look at this? Am I going to look at that? And so uh, they said, you know, we're all going to, you know, why should we die out here in the wilderness? And this was in their mouth. Have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Verse 11. Verse 12. It had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in the wilderness, even back here. And this is some time before they got to the end of the 10th episode. But what have they got in their mouth? We're going to die in the wilderness. Tell me what happened to them. They died in the wilderness. Did they get what they said? They did. In fact, in Numbers 14, that's what the Lord said to them. He said, you have tempted me these ten times, and, and what you have said is what's going to happen to you. He told them what, they, what came out of their mouth was what's going to happen to them. Well, if you understand that, it doesn't have to be a bad thing if you're saying a good thing. Right? How about us making the choice today? You want to you get what you have? Say, excuse me, have what's coming out of your mouth? Get what you've been saying? It's going to happen. So let's make some good choices. Huh? Let me lead you. <laughs> Say it out loud. Uh, God's on my side. God's on my side. Things are going well for me. <laughs> I will find and finish my course for God. His word is working in me. He is prospering me. His healing power is working in my body. His light and life is working in my mind, is working in my being. His will is being done in my life. Victory is happening. Victory is mine in him. Hallelujah. You don't have to feel that way to say it. You don't have to see it to say it. But if you believe it, when you say it, oh my, Jesus is the apostle and high priest of your confession. He works with what you say. That's how you got born again. Isn't it? You believed in your heart. What else did you do? You said with your mouth and God worked with your words. The Spirit of God worked with your words. You were miraculous, miraculously born again when you said that out of your mouth. Oh, friend, this is a powerful thing. Hallelujah. And when you speak, when you're in a situation like this and it looks bad and the pressure's on, you'll be tempted to talk fear, to talk failure, to talk death, but bite your lip and go, uh-uh, mm-mm, I don't want that. I don't want that. I don't want to go down. What do you say? You say, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. We're coming out. We're coming out. Uh, we're going to uh, triumph over all this, and God will get glory, and it'll be a good testimony. Could you say something different? 
it's a choice. Our time's up again today, and make sure you watch your mouth all night and all day till I see you again back here in faith school. I've got a victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390.